Cecily the Distinctive, written by Caroline Favel. Cover artwork by Isa with pet Disneyfication. Narrated by Carrie Favel. Inspired by my Italian greyhound, Cecily Maria Fiore Favel. Dedicated to Simon, Calypso, Winwin, Puff, and of course, Cecily. In loving memory of Callie, Punkin, and Fiore Morelli Mario Favel. Special thanks to my sister, Christine Favel, the aunt in the story, for many things, but most specifically, for editing this story. This book was formerly called Cecily the Snuggle Raptor, due to Cecily's love for snuggling and nibbling her family. New vocabulary term. Distinctive. Characteristic used to point it out from others, being the only one of its kind, unlike anything else. Synonyms, words with similar meanings. Unique, individual, special, quirky. Lesson learned. It's okay to be unique and different. A gentle blue light filled the room. As she opened her eyes, images appeared hazy and difficult to make out, but she wasn't scared by it at all. She rolled onto her back and wiggled a bit, enjoying the way her paws flopped around when she did that. A warm, wet nose tickled her belly, making her sneeze in delight. She rolled onto her side and snuggled into the soft black fur. There was a comforting musky smell that lulled her to sleep. Hello, little one, a chipper voice rang out as hands reached down to pat her on the back. Your mother is excited to see you soon. She goes on and on about her little Cecily. Oh, she thought, so she was Cecily. This news didn't change very much of Cecily's life. She could still run and play and bite the ears of her littermates. Cecily soon learned that they were called Roxanne and Luigi. They looked so much like her, yet seemed so different. They were sweet and gentle when they played, while Cecily pounced and conquered. She squealed when she was scolded and snorted with content when she pulled off a successful prank. Finally, the time had come. For what? She wasn't sure. But everyone had hugged and licked her farewell, and she was carried to a big metal box, the car. There she sat in a crate, safe but all alone, which was new for her. Cecily couldn't help but cry and shout, Why am I in here? What's going on? It was all very scary. Not to worry, the gruff but caring voice said. You're about to meet your new mommy. The car stopped and the big door swung open. Cecily saw a view she had never seen before. There were lots of cars here, standing quiet and still. Occasionally, another dog would exit a car and be walked into a building. Was she at the vet? Cecily whined a little at the thought. She remembered how she was poked by odd-smelling hands and put on cold, hard surfaces for no reason at all that Cecily could understand anyway. The kind man lifted Cecily out of the crate and walked a little way from the car. Cecily finally caught sight of where they were headed. Two women were coming right for her. Oh, she's so tiny, one of the women cooed gently, cupping her hands to her mouth. She looked like she was trying not to cry. The other was smiling widely, agreeing. The next bit happened so suddenly, it was quite a shock to Cecily. The man gave her a small kiss on the head and handed her over to the cooing woman. This new person held Cecily very gently, as if she were afraid she would break. The man gave her a few more loving pats before turning and walking away. 
Soon after, the woman carrying her walked away, carrying Cecily to a different car. Oh, we forgot a water bowl, the second woman said. I will go into the store and get one. You two stay here and get to know each other. She walked off to a nearby building, still grinning. The woman holding her sat down carefully in the car and brought out a soft blanket for Cecily to sit on. She spread it over her lap and put Cecily on top, making sure to always keep one hand on her, the thumb brushing Cecily's fur comfortingly. Cecily didn't know why, but she wasn't scared. It was a great shock for certain, but this woman was kind and took great care to comfort and console her. Hello, Cecily, the woman said softly, having picked Cecily up into a gentle hug. Nice to meet you. I am your mommy, and I am so happy you're here. She kissed the crown of Cecily's head, and Cecily took this moment to secretly sniff her. She smelled different from anything else she'd smelled before, but not in a bad way. Cecily could get very used to this smell. This was her mommy. Mommy and Cecily spent the next few days together at all times. They were inseparable. They played together, they took naps together, and they even ate together too. At bedtime, Mommy would pick her up and lay her in the soft, warm sheets of their bed. Cecily always liked to start the night off on her Mommy's pillow, where she could lick Mommy's nose as she started falling asleep. But she always ended up under the covers, curled up against her Mommy's side. She was so warm. Cecily hardly ever woke up during the night, thanks to the comforting closeness. She was safe and happy. Cecily's new home came with quite a lot of furry family members, all part of her pack. However, none of them were like her exactly. Five of the new creatures had silky smooth fur and short snouts. These, she learned, were called cats. They were fun to play with, but were full of weird sounds. Four of the cats had long, slender tails, but one of them, Calypso, didn't have a tail at all. Cecily wondered what had happened to it, but when she asked, Calypso answered only, This is just how I am, and left it at that. Cecily wondered if this was one of those things she would understand when she was older. And Cecily was learning more and more every day, and growing very fast. She knew this because Mommy would often gush at how her little girl was getting so big. And she felt it too. It was as if the world was shrinking as she got taller. She learned to jump very high, climb the stairs with ease, and wow, could she run fast. In fact, Cecily was sure there was nothing she couldn't do, but Mommy didn't seem to agree and would often scold her for not being careful. But Cecily just couldn't help it. She couldn't stop exploring. Simon, one of the interesting silky smooth slender beings that caught Cecily's eye, was the largest of the cats and the only boy in the house. He would often stare at her seeing in her his younger self, and he mustered up all the patience he could to bear her curiosity when it brought her just a bit too close. Sometimes there was peace between Simon and Cecily. Sometimes, though, Cecily was glad she had such long legs made for running. There was one other family member who was more similar to Cecily than the cats. This fellow dog was short, as short as Cecily had been as a small puppy, and was as fluffy as a dandelion in summer. This dog was Puff, and to Cecily, there was no one cooler. Puff tried her best to show Cecily the ropes, and to help her feel comfortable and accepted as one of them. And she was one of them, part of the group. They were her family. But even so, she was different. At first, she hadn't taken much notice of it, but each day gave her more reasons to feel she wasn't quite like everyone else. 
Cecily loved her cuddle time with Mommy. There was always time for snuggles. But Cecily also loved her playtime. Her mind would race with exciting daydreams and make-believe. Such grand, daring, high-stake adventures. And she, the brave heroine, was champion of all. She wanted to climb to the highest peaks and explore to the very edge of home, or at least as far as she could go without getting scared. Her mommy and pack members would make the funniest noises when she nibbled and nipped at them. They didn't understand why she was fighting them when they had been getting along so well. Cecily tried to explain that, to her, they were reenacting an epic battle, a legend as old as the dirt under her paws, and she played the part of the victor, of course. Or she was narrowly escaping the lava floor. Very tricky to do. But Cecily's senses were as sharp as her teeth. Quickly, she climbed up furniture, stairs, or even legs. She could always outrun and outwit every obstacle. Unfortunately, her pack didn't appreciate being called obstacles. That is not to say they didn't love their newest member, or that they couldn't see the reasons why she did the things she did. Each one would share a knowing glance with another and murmur past stories of times when they, too, were young and fearless. But they grew weary of always watching their backs, and would sometimes even resort to avoiding her altogether, lest they be caught in the rambunctious Cecily's way. In her eyes, Cecily was a hero, but to them, she was a nuisance. And so Cecily began to realize just how different she was. Her short puppy legs had now completely grown into gangly slender sticks, a once stubby tail was now curled into a fierce whip, and her rounded puppy nose was now sharply pointed. Her senses of smell, hearing, and eyesight were also all enhanced and better than ever before. But it seemed the more she grew and the stronger and keener she became, the rest of her pack wanted less and less to do with her. She always had her mommy and aunt to play with, but too often she found herself wrapped up in mommy's arms, kept away from the others, and only able to watch them from afar as they enjoyed time together. She felt lost and left out. Cecily tried her best to change, to be more acceptable as a playmate. She forced herself to run slower or to jump lower. She even stopped biting the others. She now knew that her family was not supposed to play the obstacles in her story, so she changed the idea altogether. Now, her pack members were the villagers she had to protect from the villain. So that way, in the end, when Cecily was triumphant, they could celebrate together. At least, that's what Cecily wanted to do. In truth, she mostly spent her time just dreaming about these great feats, but instead curled calmly in her pack's warm, smooth, silky fur. She was happy, yes, but she wasn't satisfied. Cecily had changed who she was to be more like the others, and now she fit in. But now, she didn't feel right. The others took notice, too. They welcomed the peace that came with Cecily's more frequent napping, but they didn't ever want her to stop playing. They decided to devise a plan. Cecily, Calypso purred from atop the counter, so far above Cecily that she had to fully extend her neck to see her. You once asked about my tale. I would like to tell you my story now, if you have time to listen. Cecily sat down, eager to hear the story, her tail wagging so fast with excitement she was afraid she would fly off. Calypso watched with patience, barely blinking, until at last Cecily seemed to finally be listening. I have no tail, Cecily, because I was born without one, Calypso explained simply. That is the sort of cat I am. Cecily was a bit disappointed. 
She had secretly been hoping for an epic tale of dragon fighting. Calypso continued with her story. Cats use their tails to communicate with each other. But as I have never had a tail, those cats with tails have always treated me funny. I was different and strange, and they could not communicate with me properly. Until one day, she explained, she joined her current pack. At first, it had been just as before. The other cats didn't understand her, and she felt so different and alone. But Calypso stood strong in her truth. She could not grow a tail, and she should not have to. Instead, she worked on other ways she could express herself and be understood by the others, despite her difference. And once they found they could communicate with each other, tail or no tail, the pack accepted her for who she was, just as she was. That is why I told you, that is just how I am. Cecily cocked her head to the left and squinted her eyes. Then she cocked her head to the right and raised her ears. But try as she might, she couldn't understand why Calypso had told her this story. She said as much to the onyx-furred creature. I tell you this, began Calypso mysteriously, because you are like my tail. Calypso seemed to vanish in a puff of smoke, and Cecily was left to think on this alone. She went to sit beside Puff, who was taking her afternoon nap in a spot of sun on the floor. Am I like a tail? Cecily asked her. You are like your tail? Puff said teasingly, always moving and never still. Cecily laid her head down to consider this, but Puff was right. Cecily couldn't just sit still, and soon she was back up and moving. She wandered the house without much direction, going this way and then that. She stumbled into the bathroom, where another of the cats, Pumpkin, sat watching the water drip from the sink faucet, one lazy drop at a time. Pumpkin, am I like a cat without a tail? She asked. Pumpkin sat still, only briefly darting her eyes to glance at Cecily. Perhaps, she said thoughtfully, for a cat without his tail is like a man without a purpose. Cecily let out a small growl in frustration and sneezed at her weird friend. She had been warned not to ask Pumpkin for advice, and she was sorry she did. For now, she was even more confused than when she had started. She was very frustrated. Cecily hadn't realized she had been whining until Mommy picked her up for a hug. She felt soothed in the warm embrace and quickly fell asleep, the riddle of the tailless cat slowly slipping from her mind. Help! Help! Cecily heard the yowl and immediately perked up. Had it been in her dream? Help! Someone! Cecily dashed as quickly as she could to where she'd heard the sound. Was it a monster? A dinosaur? Quickly turning the corner, Cecily braced herself for what was coming, which was nothing but Calliope, the pudgy red cat of her pack. Calliope, Callie for short, always had the most patience with Cecily and had been a frequent babysitter for her when she was much smaller. Callie? Cecily questioned, still expecting danger. Oh no, I am not Callie, my dear. I am just a poor innkeeper, but alas, my inn has been taken over by an evil being. Callie looked over her shoulder behind her to show Simon perched on the bed, eyes glinting mischievously. I don't understand, Cecily admitted, shaking her head in confusion. Don't you? I thought I made it clear, Calypso said, appearing from thin air. I knew I should have been the one to do it from the start, Callie growled in a low whisper. Cecily, when we told you to stop playing so rough with us, we didn't mean for you to stop playing altogether. You are different than we are, Calypso added and you cannot change that. But that means I can't play with you, doesn't it? Cecily whined. 
No, Pop, Kelly continued, stepping purposefully in front of Calypso to indicate she was officially taking over. It means we need to find a new way we can play together, one that we can all enjoy. Cecily barked in excitement and couldn't help but run in circles. The cats watched passively, their ears bent backwards from the distasteful racket she was causing. After that incident, many playdates were had between Cecily and her pack members. They affectionately nicknamed her Snuggle Raptor, as she would often go from sweet and docile to a rambunctious troublemaker without any warning. She would even stand on her hind legs, making herself taller and giving off the impression of a toothy chicken. Cecily let out a lazy sigh. She was curled up in her mommy's lap after a tasty dinner and was impatiently, patiently waiting for bedtime to arrive. She had only just solved a very difficult set of riddles to get out of the dungeon she'd been trapped in when she was called to eat, and now she wanted nothing more than to sleep off the day's excitement. She was finally drifting off from the gentle pets she was receiving when realization finally hit her. It didn't matter that Cecily was different from the others. Being unique is what made her who she was. The others, Mommy, Aunt, the Cats, and Puff, they were all different, but they were a family, and they loved each other, and that's all that truly mattered.